Greetings in the name of Jesus. I am glad we can now share you God's word as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a very wonderful, exciting thing that our Lord and Savior was not just a hero, like many heroes, like Jose Rizal, just a memory that he passed away and gave wisdom he did not get a gun or raise an army, but he wrote books and opened the eyes of the Filipinos. And that's why the nation awoke and we rebelled against Spain and we got, the Lord provided ways and means that we got our liberty. In the case of our Lord Jesus Christ, he died for our sins, but he did not remain dead. He rose again and much more. Fifty days after that, he ascended back into heaven. What a wonderful experience. No, 40 days after, he ascended back to heaven, and 10 days afterwards was the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah, what a wonderful Savior we have. He is our Lord and Savior. The Lord led me for this Resurrection Sunday to bring your attention to Romans chapter 1, chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. We'll go at it verse by verse. In Romans 10, 1, it reads, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now it talks about Israel, and we will identify as we go on. The Israelites were worshiping the true God, Jehovah. The Israelites gave us the real prophets, the scriptures. The Israelites gave us the Bible. The Israelites gave us the Messiah. The Israelites gave us the apostles. Despite all of the above, the Israelites needed a Savior. And that's the prayer of Paul. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that they might be saved. According to Messianic Bible in their survey, about 90% still of the Jews refuse to acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah, their Savior. Then we go to verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Even if it is towards the true God, even if it is godly programs, even if it is godly activities, even if it is godly sacrifices, as prescribed in the Old Testament, they had a zeal intended to earn God's favor, but it is still in vain not according to knowledge. Now we go to verses 3 and 4. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So what do we see here? It is not substitution, but submission. Ignorant reads to substitution, to substitute their own righteousness. And the objective is submission to God's righteousness. That is what Jesus wants to give to us. Now in verse 5, For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. So what he's saying, the, the law only demands, it does not give. The law only condemns, it does not pardon. The law is brutal, 
not loving. The law not only upholds the holiness of God, but points out the corruptness of men. That's what the law is, to show men of sin and realize how we are sinful. Now what is the righteousness of faith? Let's see what the Bible says, not what I say. But no, verses 6 to 13. Verse 6, But the righteousness which is of the faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend down into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So we're now going to talk about the righteousness by faith. And what is that telling us? First, it does not ask two questions. Like first question is, who shall ascend into heaven? Saying in our own words, who will go to heaven to check if Christ is truly alive? Well, the world, the Christian world, celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ on what is called Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So, but how will you check the reality? Who among us will go to heaven to check? Filipinos and many people around the world will say, to see is to believe. So maybe we will elect somebody among us who will say, we have the power to die for three days. And then go to heaven and check if Jesus is there. And after three days, come back alive and say, Oh, I have gone to heaven and I've seen for myself that Jesus is in heaven. Now the second question that faith does not ask, Who shall descend into the deep? Translated, Who will go down into Hades to check if Christ really died? Well, there's so many theories about Good Friday and the death of Christ, they say, oh, he did not, he did not really die. He uh, fainted, he swooned, and uh, now the disciples just said he died. And now he's around and he's alive. He did not really die. Or what about going to Hades? Maybe again, using an illustration. Supposing we like we have the power at drug, not only can you go to heaven, but go down to Hades, and go down to Hades and go to, to see if Jesus really registered there as one of those who died and had lived in Hades, and uh, still sinners are still in Hades today, and so they can verify and say, yeah, Jesus was here, but. When Jesus Christ resurrected, he and those who believed went with him. And he brought captivity captive, the Bible says. So, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, he also brought the believers with him to glory. So, question is, the question will, that should not ask or is, who will descend into the deep? Did Christ really die? The Bible says, he really died. So, faith believes that Christ really died, and faith really believes that Christ really ascended back into heaven. So, the challenge that gives us today 
It says here in verse 9 that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's very, very critical, this matter of really believing that Jesus really died for our sins. He was righteous, never sinned, but he died for us. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But more than that, he rose again. Now here is where faith comes in the picture. It says here, if you confess with the mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we'll take it in its chronological order. First, faith believes in the heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. When it says God, it's really the participation of the Trinity. It says, the Father raised Jesus up. Jesus said, I will raise myself up. And also in Scripture, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus up. We must believe that God, the Trinity, raised the body of Jesus from the dead. Believe that Jesus is God incarnate. Hallelujah. Real man. And believe that Jesus died a substitutionary death. He did not. The wages of sin is death. But he did not sin. He took our sin upon himself. Believes Jesus resurrected from the dead. Hallelujah. And also believes that he ascended back to heaven. That should really be firm in the heart of man. The trouble is that many in the world, in a certain religion, really celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. His death on the cross is really planted in their heart. But it's only history and theory to them or not very real, that Jesus resurrected and Jesus is alive today. So faith must be believing that very strongly and without doubt. The second step is faith confesses by mouth that Jesus is Lord. What does it mean, Jesus is Lord? He confesses Jesus as king of his life, king of his home, and king of his business. He commits everything to God, and it will be not my will, but thine be done. And he also confesses Jesus is his hope, power, and provider. He does not worry about his life. He does not worry about this pandemonium or the death around. Why? If even we die, we have that hope. We'll be with Christ. So what's the problem? And also the word of testimony, it says, it saves. Now, public confession saves. Matthew 10, 32, 33. He who confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father who is in heaven. But he who denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So, overcomers by confession. We confess Jesus as our Lord, our God, and King. And public denial also condemns. But he who denies me before men, him will I deny before my Father who is in heaven. When does a man who loves his sweetheart 
become a husband, duly wedded. Or when, the, when does that fiancé of his becomes his wife? Only two simple words, I do. Do you take this man to be your wedded, to, this woman to be your wedded wife, to have and to hold from this way forward, and also on? And the answer should be, I do. And now to the woman, do you take this man to be your wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for richer, for poor, poorer, and so on? The answer is only, I do. And it's supposed to be a public confession. Now, when such public, it does not have to be a very large gathering. I attended a wedding once that was held in a municipal building, and the mayor officiated the wedding. I accompanied the couple. They wanted me to go with them. And as they came into the office of the mayor, people around him, the clerks, were just smirking and making fun of the couple. Now in front of the mayor and saying, now you're really in love with each other, right? And you decided to get married, okay. Now the question to the men, do you take this woman to be your wedded wife? I do. And to the woman, do you take this woman to be your wedded husband? I do. And then he said, I now pronounce you man and wife. Two simple words. In public, yes, before the mayor. And two witnesses. I was one of those witnesses in public. So it's very, very important that you and I also should make be sure, be sure that we made that step. In Romans chapter 6, don't you know that if you have been baptized, you died with Christ, you were buried with Christ, and you rise with Christ. And baptism is public in the presence of other people. A confession that declares that Jesus is Lord, not Lord by title, but you died with him, you were buried with him, and you now claim you, risen, you have risen with him. You are now a child of God. And very, very clearly and without doubt, it says in Romans 10, 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Also in verse 9, Thou shalt be saved. Twice it is stated, in these two verses, Romans 10, 9 and Romans 10, 10, you will be saved. It is a declaration. And that's why in a wedding ceremony, we could say, husband and wife. I declare thou these two as husband and wife. And so it is also, we become children of God, but as many as receive him, to them gave he the power, the right, the authority to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Brother, sister, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord, and you believe really in your heart that he died for your sins, and he's risen again and ascended back to heaven, you are saved. You're a child of God. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. But if you have not yet done that step, you don't have to identify necessarily with a church. The church certificate is no proof to present before God that you are born again. It's not the works that you can do that you can 
present as you have accomplished your salvation. The work has been completed by Jesus Christ alone. And all you do is believe in your heart and accept the truth that Jesus died for your sins. He paid the price. You don't have to pay for it. But, yes, he was buried, but rose again. And he ascended back into heaven. And declare him with your life, with your words, that Jesus is your Lord, your God and King. You trust in him day by day, day by day, for all you need and for all your challenges and for the control of your life, making decisions about your destiny. Let Jesus be the one to direct you. Be assured by God's word, and God will work out all things for good to them who love him, to them who are called according to his purpose. May God bless you on this Resurrection Sunday. Resurrect with him and become a child of God. Amen.